Evening everybody and welcome to Behind the Wheel Podcast and tonight as we record I am joined by Nomadic Trucker or Shannon, how are you? I'm very well thank you, I'm very well, I'm rested so that's the main thing. Yeah, can't beat that. Well, judging by the video you're still working so... <laughs> Well, I'm salary paid, so I want to do as little as possible. As I told somebody else on the podcast last night, I'd want to do very little. Yeah, no, don't blame you. Right. So, start me from the beginning. I've had a quick nosy through your Instagram when I actually asked you to come on. Yeah. I remember you starting at Archers, is that right? Yeah, start, so starting up at Archers a few years ago. Got my license basically. My, my dad's a lorry driver. He's been a lorry driver my whole life. Before that, he was military uh, on the tank regiment. And um, so, as a kid, I've grown up, sat at the table as a young child, watching him uh, with his taco graphs. Then, like, sat, he used to run his own business. You see, uh, he had like um, uh, a business on the mixers before Semex came in and put tanks on all the building sites. So that kind of killed everything. Yep. And I've watched my dad fight yep. over the years. Like he's, he's me and my dad are best mates. Like he, he's my world, and um, he, he's done everything, everything. I don't think there's a single thing that he's done other than fuel tankers. Um, so it's been quite right. interesting for me growing up. Although as kids, we'd go and see his truck at the weekend, but he'd never let us out in the truck with him as kids. He was always like, "No, we made a fiber pass. We have an accident. It's not fair." So. You know, you can see from the sidelines. So I've always been interested. I've always been round trucks. And it's only been like really the last five years I've got into it. So I, I, I used to live in Spain and I was an open air and I was an English teacher and I loved it. But when I come back, because before that, I used to, I used to work in bars, restaurants. And uh, when I come back, I was all right. I've had enough of working with people. I don't want to work in offices. What can I do? So I went to a car that was a little three-ton van driver so three years of whizzing about from Morrison's and Ocado delivering to people's doors um, and then one day they did like a family day and uh, one of my friends was like can I get in this lorry and the second I sat in it I was like oh my god this is a bit of me this is I'm, I'm going to go for it so I told my dad and my dad was like don't do it it's stupid you'll work 60 70 hours a week so you'll never have a social life you'll have money but you'll have no one to share it with and I'm a bit tired, tell me not to do something, I'm going to do it. So so I completely ignored him, sent off my licence, then Covid hit, and I was like, oh great, I had to wait nine months for my provisional to come back. And at that point, I was so invested, yeah, it was, so, yeah, it was such a long process. And at that point, I was so invested, I was like, okay, I'm doing this, I've had to wait so long. Um, so I went through the process, got my class two, was being cocky, I passed it all first time, uh, theory test first time, uh, you know, all of that. And then and then I was like, okay, I'm going to stay at a car though, get my class one, and I'll, I'll go on there, double deckers. I've got my dad a job there at that point, and he was bringing home like 9.50 a week, and I was like, oh my God, but my mind was blown by the amount of money. And uh, yeah. I kept doing my class one kept failing it and do you know the worst part was I was doing it before you had to do like that part test part um, you know like the bit now where they, they, they go and do the reverse and then, then they go to the test centre so I failed it yeah it's a lot of shit yeah so I failed it more times than I'd like to admit because I just couldn't I, like, I won't even lie I've got no ego about it my head was so thrown by right hand down to get the trailer to the left and it just didn't click. And then one day I got it and it, I just went in there and I was like, do you know what? I've just got to enjoy this now. I paid so much money for it. Just get it done, kid. And I went in there, passed it, couldn't believe it. Then when I did my test, passed that. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love you with myself. So it's been a journey. It <laughs> took me, originally when I started off during COVID, nine months and then did my class two. So it took me about two years to get my license. Um, I didn't get my class one till January last year. So and then and then since then the whirlwind has just not stopped. <laughs> so that's the basics for me. Yeah. 
Do you find, I mean, I've been driving a long time. I've been driving for 13 years. Yeah. And it, it's completely changed from when I did it. But do you not think, knowing what you know now, you've obviously been driving a couple of years now. Yeah. And obviously you've got a lot better at it and things like that. Do you not think that the reversing section, separate from the test, is a load of bollocks? Oh, so, so, so like from my experience, um, because, because my last test was done that way, so basically the reverse test, nothing has changed they still have to get and this is what annoys me when people are like oh they've got the lights and tight but cannot shut up no they didn't they did the same thing you did and and, uh, and um sorry an exterior i can't think of the word like an exterior invigilator still has to come in that company has to pay money for someone to come in that's dbsa or dbla approved and and watch you do that test your instructor isn't allowed to stand anywhere near your lorry so it's not like they can tilt the red light left or right to be like oh quick left hand down so it's still the same pressure but when you now go out and do your your test from the dbla center or the dbsi it's an hour and 15 beats so if anything i think it's been made harder because it's not just like a 45 minute drive now a lot and not my test my when i went out and did my test my instructor made it hard and do you know what right up until the last minute um, I cocked up big time. He said to me, because I thought, oh, I've got this in the bag, the test centre's two minutes away. And he says to me, just turn right at the end of the road for me, Shannon. I says, yeah, no problem. Went past the test centre, up to a roundabout, and turned right there. And he's like, well, have you done that? And I was like, oh, fuck. not another 250 quid, please. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, okay, because you've executed it perfectly, right, I'm going to give you that. Because I did say to the end of the road. But then what I'd done was, when you go, when you, I don't know if anyone knows Garrett's Green that's listening, but when you go past Garrett's Green Test Centre, you come up to a McDonald's, you turn right, and the only place to turn right then is to go down the road, down Bow Lane, and, and go around what must be the tightest mini roundabout to come back on yourself. And I was like, oh my, you absolute <laughs> special. Oh, just. And then I got back, and he was like, congratulations, Shannon, you passed. And he was like, brilliant pass, you've got one minor done really well i think you're going to make an excellent driver just just try and chill yourself out a bit but at that point you know, i've done that many tests i'm not surprised i was gripping the steering wheel um but yeah no, <laughs> it's, it's no easier so any of these people that are like oh yeah it's made easier now but like, it's not you don't know it stop saying it you've had your license 20 years you know what i mean find something new to talk about please <laughs> because i feel insulted by, by that but I think that, I think if anything, it's just nicer because even though you've got someone watching you, we all know what it's like. We've all been there. It is absolutely nerve-wracking. You've got so much money riding on it. And like, I don't know about other people, but for me, I wanted this job because I was like, okay, I want my first home. I know working in a bar or working in an office as a single woman, I'm never going to achieve that wage to make that possible. But to get the class one, straight away, I know I'll get approved for that mortgage. And like, you know, depending on what you've got, what's going through your head that day, so many tiny little factors can make it go wrong. So having the reverse, just where you're used to doing it, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's on their concrete or the concrete you've been doing it on, it's still solid, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I sort of, I'll agree with what your dad says to a certain extent when he was saying that, oh, you'll earn good money, but there's no social life. You can absolutely have a social life in this industry. Anybody that tells you different yeah. is wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, but, the, yeah, you do work long hours. I mean, it's what, at the time of recording, it's 10 plus 7 and you're still working. It's not that late, but... yeah. But see for me it is compared to to most jobs yeah but see for me for me like i, I think lorry driving exactly what you make it like you make it difficult for yourself you pick a job where you know you're going to be busting 68 hours a week one week the next week 59 hours yeah it's come saturday morning when you want to go out with your mates go down the football go down the pub go out dancing you know you're going to be knackered now I work four days on, four days off. It suits me perfectly. Yeah, on them four days that I work, I graft. And not in a way where I graft where I'm throwing straps. I'm doing fridge work at the moment. 
But I am doing 15 hour days, two, two 10 hour drives, the other nine hour drive, but I am pushing every second of the day by the minute going. My 45 isn't really my own full time. By the time I go to the toilet, come back, have something to eat, I haven't got time to sleep. And then, you know, I'm getting my nine, nine hours in, I'm getting up. Everyone knows after you've done a 15 hour day, you can't fall asleep off the drop of a hat. You need an hour or two, so then you're getting a seven hour break, really. Um, and if you can fall asleep within that, you look. But yeah. I think when it comes to socialising, um, you know, like for, for me, before I was doing four on four, if I was doing the five day a week, like everyone else, I would purposely, you know, we'll do it, bring my mates up, I'd check in, how are you, you doing okay, you, you know, is life good, isn't life good, tell me about it. The weekends, I'm going to see this person, I'm going to see that person. And, you, and you've just got to find a way to make it fit that suits you. Um, because if it doesn't suit you, yeah. immediately your working life is going to be miserable. You're going to resent it. You're going to hate the job. And you know, and that, and that's why, like a lot of people, like I move jobs a lot, and not out of, um, not out of like oh, I don't like the job, can't do the job, none of that. Simple as, and I will always vouch for this, and I will always encourage this with anyone. If that job's not working for you, if you're not earning the money, if you're not seeing your family enough, your kids. Uh, if you're not getting the quality time with your partner, because this job will ruin relationships quite easily. We see it day in, day out. If you're not getting that satisfaction that you need in your personal life, leave. We, we come to work to earn money at the end of the day, but we want to earn that money for our personal lives. Don't mug yourself off and make your personal life worse than your working life. It's got to be swings and roundabouts. It's got it's got to be a seesaw. Sometimes it's going to be more give than take, vice versa. But nine times out of ten, it's got to be level. Yeah, I fully agree with you on that. I mean, I did four on four off for oh, seven years. I think seven years, and I absolutely loved it. I loved every fucking minute of it. Yeah, the only reason I came off it is because my missus now works at a school. Yeah. So I was in the house on my own by myself. Like the kids were in school, everything. So it's like, what's the point of me being here during the day by myself? All my mates are at work. Yeah. And I'm sat at home on my own. Yeah, exactly. So that's the only reason I've come back on five days now. Yeah. How are you finding being back on five days? Um, since I came back to where I am now. Yeah. Before I, before I came back, I hated five days. But now that I only do two nights out a week now, so tonight's my last night out. Um, and then I'm on days for the rest of the week. Because I have family commitments at home. And it, do you know what? It suits me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's good because that's what it's about. It's about suiting. Yeah, it does. It suits me. Yeah. It's about suiting him in that time, really. Yeah. Yeah. Did you answer the phone then? No, no. It's, um, we won't say what it is. We'll just crack off. <laughs> It's a bit windy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not my MIN, I'm going over. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. So, when you pass your test, talk to me about archers. Because uh, I think I think that's roughly when I first started following you on Instagram. Yeah, so, um, so I was encouraged by a few of the girls to start an Instagram. They were like, come on, you've got to do it, you've got to of the girls in the industry, blah blah blah, you know that kind of girl talk. And I was like, okay, fair play, let's do it. Yeah. Um, so I started at Archers, um, and about about over the moon to be fair, because um, unfortunately, um, and I don't mean to trigger anyone here. As I started at Archers, I just lost my best friend to breast cancer, and. Um, Right, okay. Absolutely heartbroken, but absolutely high on life to be like, oh my God, I've been offered a great opportunity, great company, great fleet of wagons. I'm going to learn so much from, because, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're a big company. They're, they're not a heavy company. They do move heavy stuff. Um, 
Pawasama ko rin ko nilang some, some really good things for removing concrete to move in industrial presses. Um, what else did I do there? I moved forklifts. I, I moved uh, um, three quarters of a million pound load into Sellafield, like we did nuclear power stations. Um, so that was fantastic because that taught me everything from strapping to chaining to distribution of loads to where to anchor down forklifts to learning that things that are, things that are moved that are on wheels are basically like a loaded bomb that comes loose you're not just killing one or two people you, you, you're doing a few so it's really like serious about where you load so it, it was great because i was moving at height i was moving width i was moving uh, not so much length i did move a couple of things that were just a little bit over but i must have used every type of flatbed curtain side of fridge trailer that the that that they have currently on the roads um you know and i moved a couple of trailers as well i think a, a few of my friends and my followers really enjoyed the fact that you know we had trailers that were older than me that were 41 42 years old they had ratchet brakes that were that old and <laughs> um, they still had the old blue lines on them Canal. um and i learned how to move loads and i learned how to uh sorry i'm getting confused I learned how to do the old, what's it called, rope and sheet? Sheet and rope, something like that? Yeah, rope and sheet, yeah, yeah. rope and sheet. And that was fantastic because I used to see like a lot of people would be like, oh, you're not a proper lorry driver, you don't have to rope and sheet. And they'd be like, man, I'm three months in and I know how to do it. <laughs> no, I'm doing pretty well <laughs> on the experience level. But I also, um, I also learned a lot of hard lessons when I was at Archers. And, um, I'm not going to slag Archers off. Fantastic company. They they taught me a lot. They were very patient with me. They uh, slowly moved me through. You know, they never pushed me in at the deep end. But also because of that, uh, there was a lot of discrimination around my pay, which ultimately, in the end, drove me to leaving. Um, and the one the one thing that I will say to any new female drivers, not so much male drivers, because I had a situation there where my counterpart, brand new driver, came in straight away, £14 an hour. And I will say, I was trained for two weeks, uh, but it dragged on a bit longer than it should have. Uh, but I will say to new female drivers, you know, ask, never ever be afraid to talk about pay. Never be afraid to be like, you know, what are you being paid? What are you being paid? Because know your worth you're doing exactly the same work you're getting in the mud you're getting in the wet you're getting soaked you're roping you're chaining you're sheeting if you're getting them loads done and you're getting them done as you're being asked to there's absolutely no reason that you shouldn't be being paid the same as all your counterparts um so so that was a really good job exactly yeah it was sad about the pay but again i can't fault i'm very grateful to the experience they gave me um so I did a bit with them, and then um, I, I moved away from where I lived to go live with my partner. And I did about oh, six to eight weeks on a, a grain train, which I had the most fun with. You know, I think that until I went there and I went to live in the countryside, um, oh, I was so shit scared of country lanes, I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> you know, when you, you first start driving and you're like, because <laughs> I'd been like a little free ton band driver for so long. And down some of these country lanes and like even in a van sometimes I'd be like oh my god I can't go down there you have to laugh and then and then when I started working on the ground train I was like oh I can't go down there <laughs> someone's taking liberties here and they're like it gave me so much confidence <laughs> with like how the vehicle moves where you can take it yes you can go down a single track lane just cross your fingers and hope for the best there's nothing else coming um <laughs> and that was really good but I um I didn't stay there for long, it didn't need me all that long. So then it was coming up to Christmas and stuff, and I was like, right, winter nights, I want to be at home a bit more. So I went and worked for a lovely company um, on Cast 2 Tippers, because I've got, I've got a thing for tippers, I've always had a thing for tippers. Um, you know, I don't know why people insult them so much. I think it's one of the best industries that you can possibly go in because you learn so much. Um, so I went and worked for a lovely little company. Yeah. And um, I left them in January just gone, just because, again, um, just looking for a bit more money, that's all, you know. I've got hopes and dreams and things that I want to do. So, yeah, I've had, like, I've had such a diverse amount of experience in the last 13, 14 months. And I'm not even going to lie, 
if I leave again and go somewhere else and learn something new again, it's never going to be a negative. You're always learning. You don't stop in this job. But to learn what I've learned in the last year, I'm so grateful. So grateful for like, what this little license has given me. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm trying to pick parts from that. Um, <laughs> you seem to have done. I mean, I've had, like I said earlier, I've had my license 13 years and I've been with my company for 10 of them. Yeah. Minus the month that I left. Yeah. But I've I've done a mostly general knowledge, but I did do 18 months on car transporters. Yeah. Um. So I know when you were talking about like with faultless and stuff and how to ratchet strap them down so they don't move and you, you counterbalance that. So I know all about that because... It's sort of similar with what I was doing for said company. Yeah. Um. But I, like you just said, you can try your hand at everything. Yeah. Well, All experience is good experience. Exactly. Whether you've had good or bad experiences that that set uh, them said companies or not. And when you were talking then about female drivers knowing the worth, yeah. Because you're doing the exact same job that I am, you should be paid exactly the same as I am. Exactly, and like, I'm not gonna lie. I know there's a lot of girls out there that um, that are still experiencing that, and I feel for them. And I, and I think like, I I'm quite lucky to be in a position. I'm very confident. I'm not pushing. I'm confident, and you know, I will make it. I will make it known when I go to employer. Like, okay, we watch you pay. Watch you pay the others. Like, why is that? Um. And I think, like, opening that Instagram and opening that account for me, like, I'm so blessed because I met so many good people, like Truck Babe, Christina, I met Jodie Pink Trucker, I met Clammy Q, um, who does abnormal loads. And they've taught me so much about, you know, make sure it's right in every sense of the way, your employer, your job, the job that you're going to, where you're going to, how you're strapping it, how you're training it, how you're loading it. You know, question these things, ask these questions. Um, you know, if, if you don't understand something, don't be too big in yourself. Don't have such an ego that you feel afraid to ask. Like, they've really taught me so many lessons. And I think, like, and, and, and a few of these girls, like, lots of these girls, a few of them, um, have become my absolute bestest friends. Because not only in, like, my work life are they girls that I aspire to be like, um, you know, we share the same things in common outside of work and we have such a laugh and I think like, you know, when when I applied for this license all them years ago, I didn't think like, oh, I'm just going to go, like, I always thought oh, I'm just going to go and drive a truck and I'll work for Ricardo and I'll move double deckers and I'll think I'm the doctor and that. And I didn't realise how much I underestimated it a lot, how much I was going to learn, the people I was going to interact with, the men that were going to help me, the females that were going to help me, you know. I also didn't like, don't get me wrong, there's bad parts to the job too. I underestimated how many people's heads I'd want to kick in that work in factories and speak to bus drivers like shit. Like, I'm going to face on a day-to-day basis with car drivers, with people towing caravans, like, you know, just the utter stupidity. I didn't, I didn't, I underestimated that as well. But I can honestly say that lorry driving has become one of the best things I've ever gone, I'll have a crack at that. And I think, and I think, like, again, I'm always going to say, like, you know, if you want to come into this job, if you're already in this job, if you're nervous, if you're not sure, have a go. Just have a go. You're never, ever going to lose anything from trying, you know. If you want to open an Instagram, but you're worried that it's not going to be good, it's not going to be what everyone else is, like some of the popular kids, you know, just do it anyway. Just do it anyway. Just have a go and, like, it's just, oh, I don't even know what to say. It's, I think I'm just so grateful and so blessed to be in the position that I'm in. Going back to Instagram, I was I was a bit nervous about opening mine up. When I, I forget how long I've had it now. Yeah. Because I was worried, like, oh, my mates are going to take the piss and yeah. this, that. And, the, I have a, and I have a private account, but that's for family and friends. That's complete my... My private life is my private life. I keep it completely separate yes, from I... work Instagram. And like you were saying then, with all the, the other women that you've met and they've become really good friends, 
I'm sort of the same. I've met a fucking great bunch of lads. Yeah. And I talked to them on the phone and everything. And all through, just sharing pictures and stories on Instagram. Yeah. And it's, do you know what? It's a fucking laugh. Yeah, absolutely. And look, that's the thing, love. I'm going to say, it's not just girls, love. I have met some absolute wicked blokes that have taught me so much to like, when the, when the girls can't be like, oh, I'm not sure the lads are like, what well, fucking talent do it, do you know what I mean? And like, you, you, you can't, yeah. undeniably, I think some of the best people in this country are lobby drivers, and some of the some of the nicest people in the world, yeah. do you know what I mean? Some of the, the um, acts of kindness that I see of the lobby drivers are just people, I'm like, it, it's mind-blowing, it, like the, the level of kindness is just exactly what, we all need at this point after COVID, you know, especially with winter. Like COVID's dipped off now. We've got we've got a crisis with how much everything's costing in every sector of the country. You know, to see other people being so kind, but like the, the Instagram thing, I get it because when I when I wanted to open mine, I was following a few other people on my private one, and I'm not gonna lie. The main reason I opened my Instagram as well is because I was like, it was private anyway. I've got pictures of. of my family and, 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 and children in the family on there and I thought, you know what, it's not respectful and it's not fair on my family members and the children to just let randomers that I don't know be viewing pictures of them. So I'll open this Instagram. Yeah. I'll always ask approval if I ever put a picture of a child on there that I'm related to. But like other than that, let's just keep it trucks, let's keep it a laugh, let's keep it eighteen plus we can swear, we can do what we want, we can just be real. Um, it, is, it is intimidating, you know, like, shout out um, some of the girls, like, you see they've got 15k followers, 20k followers, you know, and you're thinking, oh, I'll be lucky if I get six, you know, <laughs> do you know what I mean, it's proper nerve-wracking, um, but then, like, now as well, you'll notice my Instagram posts have slowed down, because when I was at Archers, I, I felt like I was doing really amazing things, now, I am just moving a bridge, I mean, I'm still feeling the country, but I haven't got as much to show for this is what goes on because we know it's not as interesting as moving three forklifts, where'd you, where'd you chain them from, where'd you hook them on, all of that type of thing. So I do get it. Yeah, I've, I've slowed down on posting on actual posts. Uh, I'm more story orientated now because I think you can get more across because I post a lot of, on my stories for the podcast and merchandise and other things like that. And I'm, I'd rather just. I interact with people a lot more through stories and things like that because, and then somebody will pop up and I'm working tirelessly to get so many different people on the podcast. I want a wide variety of people for yeah. from the industry yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I want um I want a an oblom ob yeah I'll start again. I want. An abnormal, abnormal yeah. load. Anybody, whether it's male or female, I want somebody to tell me how the fuck they move <laughs> a hundred ton piece of machinery or a fucking, I don't know, width wise, like four meter wide piece of fucking steel or something like that. That's the shit that I want on next. Uh, well, I tell you what, I'll go on your mission with you, and I'll help you out with that one. I'll see if I can get you someone that will do it. I know a few people, all right? So we'll have a go together. Thank you very much. It's good. Oh, I appreciate that. that I do appreciate that. It's interesting because I've been listening to your podcast since the day you started it, and it's good for me. I save them all for when I do my two o'clock run from Worcester to Scotland. And, um, you know, you've had some really interesting yeah. people on and listening to the, to, you know, to the different variety of what people do day to day. It's so interesting. And, like, you know, you had your guy on last week that, um, and it's probably not going to be last week by the time that you release this episode, but he would say, you know, he drives, I don't, I don't think it's a normal load, but I think it's a cat too. And, um, and then he DJs all weekend, and I thought, do you know what I mean? Like, we're not just drivers. Oh, Kingy. Shout out to Kingy. Shout out to Kingy. I loved his podcast, but like, we're not just drivers. We're people. We've got hobbies. We've got families. We've got interests, you know. Some of us start traveling, horse riding, rock climbing, you know, you name it. We're all into it. So it's nice to hear that you're a person outside of what you do. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like you were saying, you, you've got to have other interests outside. I mean, I love my job. I, I genuinely do. I know there's drivers out there that'll say, oh, it's just a fucking job. I don't, I don't know what you're getting so hyped up about. No, it's not. Yeah. I actually, 
I actually do enjoy what I do for a living, but I also have other things outside of work that interest me. Yeah, exactly. And you've got to have that. Exactly. You know, and if your job can help enable what you want to do outside of work again which is why i say you know you've got a hope a dream something that you want to do um, and you can find a job that coincides with that or you might want to leave the current job that you're in to go and find something that's going to work then do it do you know what i mean like jobs are good and companies will look after you but at the end of the day life's very short you need to make sure that you're maximizing on your outside time of work as well as your inside but always support that oh yeah yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Because the the sad reality is, is that if you leave or I leave, they're just going to replace you anyway. So it makes no difference whether you're fucking good at your job or not. If you want to leave, they'll just replace you with somebody else anyway. So exactly, you might as well just enjoy why you're doing it. But yeah, quite sadly, the last year, two different companies I've worked at, um, unfortunately, and rest in peace to them. I've had two people that have passed away that have been my colleagues, and. Within a day, there's been an agency in the truck, and I'm like, well, hang on a minute. At least let the seat get cold first. So I have a bit of respect, but yeah, Jesus. Yeah, it's been rough, man. But at the end of the day, they have got a business to work, and it needs to be running. Yeah, it does. It does, and that's quite sad. Yeah. Because we're all replaceable. Exactly. So don't don't sacrifice your life and your and your thing. Someone who would quite easily replace you in a day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you. I know full well that I know when I left uh, last year, I left in Feb, January last year. Yeah. Uh, and tried something different. And my, again, I was replaced. I was replaced, but I was in a fortunate position that I have such a good rapport with my boss that. I was able to come back, so... Yeah, that's good then. That's really good. Yeah. So, what shows are you doing this year? Are you doing any shows this year? Uh, yeah, we booked in Peter Graham, uh, me and the Pink Trucker, and uh, someone that she works with me, so that'll be really nice. Uh, I think we're also going to book with Devon as well, uh, heavily encouraged by Gemma from Wayne's. <laughs> um, and then... Uh, my absolute favourite that I don't think I will ever go without missing is Convoy in the Park. I had the absolute best time last year at Convoy in the Park. And I can't wait for shows to open up and to start doing it again. What about yourself? <coughs> See, I've never been to one. Oh my God, we've got a truck show virgin. <laughs> Yeah, truck show virgin. <laughs> I've never been to one, right? Yeah. And I'm not taking. I was supposed to do Northwest last year. I had the truck booked in, everything, and then two days before, I fell ill and I just couldn't. I, I ended up taking days off work because I just couldn't. And I thought there's no way that I can be in a truck show and I'm supposed to be having a laugh with everybody. Yeah. I ended up having to just bail and not go. And everyone was messaging me like, where the fuck are you? Why aren't you here with us all? <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, this year, are you going <coughs> to go this year, though, to make up for it? I'm not taking a truck. Yeah. I'm hoping I need to double check with the missus because she said she's going out that Saturday. So if she's not going out, I'm booking tickets for Peterborough. And I keep asking her every week, are you going out or not? She said, well, I don't know yet. I said, well, I need to know. Because I want, I'm only going, I'm only going to come for the day, yeah. and probably leave like late at night and then drive back. Yeah. But I, I really want to come to Peterborough. I really want to do, and I'm definitely. I don't know about the truck, but I'm definitely coming to Convoy in the Park. I'm definitely yeah. going to book tickets for the day and come down. Well, the good thing is about Peterborough, you can always come down to the gate on the day, and I think they usually have tickets on the day for anyone else that's listening, that's interested to bring the kids or they're not bringing a truck. It's very family orientated, so. There's always tickets on the door, although I do think it's cheap to book in advance. Um, but yeah, no, Convoy in the Park. Oh, I've been to a few truck shows, like last year I did uh, Pete Road in Bullburn, um, and some other stuff I've forgotten about because there was just too few, there was few too many. And um, when we went to Convoy, it completely 
wasn't what I expected it to be. And um, it was just wicked from start to finish. The sun was shining. Everyone was happy. Had all my friends around me. I met lots of nice new people. Got to nose in a lot of trips that I otherwise wouldn't have been Peter Rivers was still quite shy and like, oh, everything's going to do. Whereas now I'm like, let me look for your truck. Let me, let me see what you've got in this truck <laughs> that I want to spend my hard-earned money on. <laughs> and, um, and it was just, you know, you had, you had the truck racing, you had the car racing. It was a lot, I found it to be a lot cheaper than Peter Rivers. But then, I'm not a big drinker, you see. I very rarely drink. And this, this last year at Pompoy, they convinced me to drink. So I was just spending money left, right and centre. So maybe the drunk part of me thought it was But yeah, it was so good. And I'd say that Convoy in the Park as well is absolutely more child-orientated because there's just so many activities to do with them. They're not going to sit there and be like, I'm bored. Can I go back to your truck and sit on my iPad? Um, so definitely encourage people with family to yeah. go to them as well. Yeah, there's a driver here, and I, I was saying that, depending on which one I do, he's like, oh, you should 100% do a live fucking, just walk around interviewing everybody at the truck show on the podcast and this, that, and ever. So I might just start fucking sticking microphones in people's faces and do a truck show special or something. I think that's a wicked idea, especially later in the evening when they're all drunk. They're all just tell you, like, they ain't for long. Being a truck driver, shit, but, <laughs> but they all love it and they're all. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what it tends to turn into in the dark time. Everyone's like, well, oh, I've got more lights than you, I've got stacks, so I'll be heavier stuff than you. And it's like, yeah, it's all right, like, sweet, we're all having a good time, everyone. Who's <laughs> oh, got the bigger dick, basically? It's just fucking dick swinging competition when everyone's had a drink and I've got this and I've got you haven't got that and yeah. uh, well it's like it's clear to see when you go to the truck shows with some with some people and their you know their units that they've got the fleet some of these companies that go they take the whole fleet there's no point trying to swing your dick like swing your dick round because they outshine you in every way possible like some some of these trucks I don't know where they get the money from but wherever they're getting it from one day I'd like them to tell me because the modifications, the light bars, the you know, the cows bars, the stacks, the floor the floor walks, like it's just ridiculous. But then you kind of in awe of them yeah. as well, like well done for keeping such a tidy sleep. Well done for having respectful drivers that care about it more than just doing the job. It's so nice to see. Yeah, there's a there's a company named me called David G. Davis's and he's got a fleet yes. of fucking some nice trucks. Yeah, I follow one of his lads on Instagram and, and I can't remember his name, I'm so sorry, but the, the truck is just you don't I am convinced you don't go nowhere. <laughs> is it red or white? White the white one with the black light the black light board in the top with the David G. Davis in the top. Yeah, JT. Yeah, yeah, that's him. Stunning truck. Well done, lad. I pass that every Friday when I go home and I see him fucking polishing the damn thing <laughs> in the yard and I think, fair play to you, mate. Yeah. Like, fair play to you. It is an nice truck. It's done It takes effort. It takes effort, though. I mean, I, I do bits and pieces during the summer and it takes fucking effort. So God knows what, he, what all them lot must go through. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, I, I remember last year having my little 14 page G cap when I got to Archers and didn't give me it. I was so proud and so happy. And it had no paint falling off the off the alloys that had obviously specked off from the last one they painted it. The the tank on it was like the darkest shade of grey that you could get from just road splash up in tar. And I remember just being there for hours, cleaning it, rain, sunshine, clouds, snow. You know, getting it all fixed up, and it, ta- it takes. It's like dedication, I suppose. It's like going to the gym. If you want a six pack, you know you've got to eat right, you've got to sleep right, you've got to go to the gym and put the work in. It's the same with a truck. If you want an old truck, it could be the most basic truck, but if you put that effort in, it it will come out. It will look nice. People will start to notice it. They start to see the effort, and then you might get a better truck. And it's just about keeping up with it and being disciplined. But it, it, it's fair play to the to the lads and the girls that do it. 
be dedicated and I think your bosses are probably really proud to have you on board. Yeah, see, I did mine. Was it last summer? Yeah, I'd spent two hours in the yard. I polished it all. I got all my tank nice, everything, because I'd finished early from work. Yeah. I did it all. was like, right, cool, that looks good. Took a picture, put it on Instagram. Went upstairs to the office. I was like, right, okay, I'm done. What am I doing tomorrow? He's like, you're into the quarry. I was like, you're a fucking <laughs> prick. I know that feeling, though, because we used to do it at Archers, <laughs> and, and oh, well, you know the next day... You were going down into Hanson's to go and collect your concrete. You need to strap it up. Everyone else is going to be flying out the quarry before you, so the dust is going to kick up. But you do just for the satisfaction. You know when you're going down the M25 or the M1, it looks clean. It looks nice. Yes, it does. And I'll start again in the summer once the weather starts to... I mean, it's been all right today, but once it starts to improve, well, uh, I'll start doing some more. Right, I've got some questions for you. Let me find my phone. Right, good and bad things about the job. Uh, good things. Um, financially independent, you can earn a really good wage. Uh, you make some really good friends. Uh, you travel to a lot of places that you might otherwise not have gone to. And... Uh, you know, it's, a, it's an enjoyable industry. You like spending time with yourself like I do. It's absolutely clear. Um, however, downfalls of the industry, yeah. especially if you're heavily involved in Instagram, TikTok and the, and the truck fest side of things, I would say that the downside is there's a lot of clicks. Um, there's a lot of people who will try and bring you down. You know, you're not, you're, you're a steering wheel attendant. You're, you know, not a nice truck, you're not doing this, you're not doing that. Forget all of that. You're doing the job. It's fine. Uh, other downfall, yeah. I'd probably say, like, you know, car drivers, they haven't got a clue. It's quite painful to watch the dangerous situations that they put themselves and bus in. Um, and, and, you know, you're working at 7, 8 o'clock at night on a Tuesday, you, you might not necessarily be going home. But I'd say that the downfalls to this job are all things that you are heavily warned about when you come into this job. So, you know, if, if you need to have yeah. thick skin, you need to be quite mentally strong. And if you're not, you need to find a way to be fun that way. You don't need to harden up to the world. You don't need to become a nasty person. But you do need to be quite self-assertive. You need to have some confidence. You need to take things with a pinch of salt. Um, but other than that, great industry to work in. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Right, most random thing you've seen while you've been on the road? Uh, most random thing and most favourite thing I've ever seen whilst I've been on the road. Not whilst I've been a truck driver, whilst I was a band driver. Uh, pulled up at a person's house to do a delivery. Was half an hour early, got out back in the days where I used to smoke, got out to have a cigarette, and there was a man in front of me, hands and knees on his front garden, putting his grass millimetre precision perfect with a pair of uh, kitchen scissors. And, and long time, <laughs> I was early, and I watched him do it for a good 45 minutes, and then, and then as I went to leave, his wife came outside with Henry the Hoover, and started hoovering their gravel driveway, and I just don't know what was going through their heads or what type of drugs they'd ingested, but they were having a wicked time. So, <laughs> most favourite thing I've ever seen is definitely that. <laughs> what about in a truck? Have you seen anything random while you've been in the truck? Um, bloody hell, yeah, it's you. You, you can't not. Uh, probably yesterday. Yesterday had a very interesting day. Uh, we pulled up on the A14 yesterday, I had a bit of a problem with my oil. Um, and most random thing, but I, saw. I know it goes on all the time. There was a, um, a foreign geezer, got out on the A14, and obviously he was a left hooker. So he's walked round to his side of his traffic that's in a live lane, got a box on the side of his trailer that must have been filled with water, and he started to have a full phone hand water wash i mean like he put his tap on he was washing the oh. top of his head behind his ears he took his he took his 
little feet are slowing us off and starting washing in between his toes. You know, at that point, you're gagging. <laughs> I was like, you are not on the outside of the A14, risking your life to have a little wet wash. Not everyone's watching games. Get out of the road. Please <laughs> um, stuff like that the next day. Do you know what I mean? I think, like, yeah, this is the, this is the real world. Do you know what I mean? This isn't a Tory government. <laughs> this is your man who <laughs> wants to wash his toes and he's going to do it in live line or not. <laughs> Do you know what, right? Every person that I've asked that question to has gave me a different response. Yeah. And most of the time, it's normally like sex-related or sexual acts-related. Yeah. So for somebody to wash the fucking toes at the side of the A14 yeah. has proper tickled me. Do you know what the best, the best bit about it was? He <laughs> didn't just do it once. He did it. Went and got back in his truck. Someone rang me and I said, you never guess what I've just seen here. And they're like, nah, fuck off, you're lying. I'm like, no, I'm not. And then he got out of the truck and I was all right, fucking FaceTiming you now. You've got to see this. <laughs> because I'm not going to be called a bit of bullshit. So there's someone else in this world over there that has now seen for themselves Pedro washing his toes. <laughs> now, fair play to him. You've got to stay clean on the ground. Do it out of me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but there's a time and a place not on the side of the A fucking 14 like quarter to two on a Monday afternoon at the A14 that's your time that's your place <laughs> 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 oh fuck that's proper t- I'm fucking crying here. that's proper tickled me <laughs> I just wish like, I'm, oh, God. I'm not one of these people right? I've got a rule of thumb and the rule of thumb is if there's an accident, if someone's dropped themselves in the sheet and they've gone round the corner and the trailer's dropped off, like I seen in Leeming Bar last week, if someone's had an accident, don't get your fucking phone out. Start recording and potentially, nope. you know, someone might have lost their job at that point, lost their life. Um, don't get your phone out and start recording and put it on social media. Like, it's just not on. We all fuck up, we all make mistakes, you know. People do things in the wrong way at the wrong time and they have accidents. Don't be that person. Like, I'm never going to expose that man, do you know what I mean? I might talk about it, but I'm not going to show his face and let him become viral and him be absolutely embarrassed as fuck to be in a foreign country and just want to watch. But he's got his gaffer in Spain, probably paying him eight euro an hour anyway to be there. And he's paying for him to go in a truck stop to even have a watch. So. You know, if you're going to see things like that, just be mindful about it. You don't expose people. Have a laugh, but, you know, don't take it too far. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I, I tend not to post things like that on Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat, whatever you've got social media-wise. I, I tend to stay clear of it because I don't want to be the fucking one that gets made liable for it. But it's not my video or anything like that. Yeah, definitely. Do you know what? One day, it might be me or you, mate. Do you know what I mean? You might be busting for a shit. I might be absolutely, like, dead to the world. And, like, I'm just going to have a wee here or something because I'm, I'm 20 miles away from the truck stop. And it might be for us ends up going viral. Do you know what I mean? The truck, starter, the truck driver falls out of his truck, starts washing his toes with a bottle of Ibian. Do you know what I mean? I agree. I agree. Right. Um, what's the scariest thing that's happened to you while you've been on the road? Again, yesterday. Uh, two in one, flying down the A1 yesterday from Henry down to Supper. Uh, and I don't know about, if anyone else had this happen to them yesterday, please shout me out on Instagram. Flying down the A14, two lanes, I think it was by uh, Robin Hood or somewhere like that. And uh, someone had broke down in a caravan slash motorhome, but it was half on half on the on the grass because there was no hard shoulder and half in the snow land and they had three lorries in front of me. They were all sat too close together. They seen it last minute and pulled out into the middle lane. <clears throat> And I always keep 20, 30 foot behind. I'm not going to have an accident. And because they'd all pulled out right at the last second, I only had 20 foot to stop or swerve. 
slammer brakes on immediately. My truck's working, like, snaked into the next lane. And it's safe to say, yeah. my heart was in my stomach. It was, and that's the closest I've come yet. And then, and then further on into the day yesterday, as I was going back up the A14 to go north where I had the problems with the oil, I just overtook a maritime container truck, pulled back in because he let me back in. And all of a sudden, a van driver just pulled out of a lay-by, no indicator, didn't build his speed up. And I have got the Nissan Micro version of a horn on this truck. It's good for nothing. But you can believe, <laughs> you can believe there was some, like, angry rock music going on with this horn yesterday. It was terrifying. Other than that, um, I had a scary moment last year when I started fully loaded with concrete flying down the M1 and you know just the last bit before the M1 before you get left to go clockwise um, towards South Mims there's a slip road I don't know where yeah. it comes from just uh, onto the M1 and then all of a sudden it becomes the the M25 turn up well I was following a truck driver down just trying to keep a distance but I was new and I was aware that someone was behind me so I didn't want to keep touching the brakes and then um, and he pulled in off the slip road, I let him in. He kept me there for about two minutes. And then all of a sudden, pulled into the next lane, bam, standstill traffic. And I shit myself, because I knew there was no way I was going to stop that truck in time. And I had to fly into the hard shoulder. No. And I was to go past six cars, um, brakes on, every, every brake on I had. Um, and it was terrifying. It was absolutely terrifying. And it was all because I'd kept my distance, but that truck driver hadn't moved over. And boom, that was it. I, I just thought, because when you move with concrete, you have to be so, so careful. It, you stop, but the concrete doesn't stop. So, you, you know, you're always keeping your distance, but the, that kinetic energy will drag you so hard. Um, Terrifying moment, Terri and, he, and he's taught me about distance massively. Yeah, concrete, um, we deliver concrete, and it's not a fucking pleasant thing to carry, I must admit. I'd sooner carry what the other stuff we carry, but that stuff is just fucking awful. Yeah, it just moves so easy. Right, final question. Uh, what? Yeah, it does move very easily. Um, right, final question. What would you be doing if you didn't drive a truck? Um, probably farming, to be honest. Um, really fell in love with yeah. animals over the last few years. And I just, you know, if I wasn't driving a truck or I couldn't drive a truck, I'd want to be on a tractor or in working with livestock. Nice, peaceful farm life. I live in the countryside now. I've come from Birmingham uh, from quite a, <clears throat> you know, quite a heavily populated place. Wasn't used to farms, wasn't used to any of that growing up. Now that I live in the countryside and I find the peace of it, you know, <clears throat> and I'm around animals all the time with where I live, I think it's just something that I'd quite like to turn my hand to. And, and you never know, I might even do it on the poor off. Yeah. Right, well, thank you for joining me. No worries, thank you. I know you're still busy. No, it's okay. And we'll do it again sometime. So thank you very much. Definitely. And this has been Behind the Wheel Podcast. Thank you. Bye.